Welcome to episode 146 of the Ben Briggs podcast. Uh, I am Ben Briggs. It is uh, it's Sunday, people. Holy fucking shit. We're a day late. Uh, it's um, Sunday, but it is Saturday show. Uh, Saturday, it would have been Saturday, 26th of September, 2000. 2020, but it is the 27th now. Holy fucking shit, Ben. You're letting things slip again, bad boy. Um, you fucking naughty little boy, Benny. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, the podcast is a little bit late. Um, uh, 24 hours late. It is, uh, six, uh, about 10 past six at night, nine minutes past six at night on, uh, Sunday. Um, uh, the reason uh, it is late is because I had a gig, um, a gig last night uh, um, in uh, Newcastle under Lyme, uh, the second uh, best-known Newcastle uh, here in the UK, uh, as opposed to on time, upon time, is it upon time? That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I had a gig last night. I was meant to have one Friday, but that. Um, for the same club, but uh, usually they're booking three comedians that cancel me Friday and bought me in Saturday. And uh, um, I did Saturday night uh, last night, and uh, I ain't gonna lie to you, I kind of ate my fucking balls. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, for 20 minutes. Ah, oh, dear. Jesus. Talking about your ego getting carried away with you and thinking, ah, fuck it, I've done this new material a couple of times. It's fine, I've got it in my head. And then it all goes out of your fucking head. You're scrabbling around for shit. Hey, so uh, what do you do for a living? <laughs> While you're desperately trying to fucking think of something to say. Ah, Usually the club's really nice. Um, it was nice, I think, for uh, the compare and the other act on. But uh, for me, it was a bit of a fucking struggle, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I got it back um, right at the end uh, with a bit of bants with the audience. But I was it was a fucking hollow, hollow, hollow victory. Oh, I ain't going to lie to you. Um, oh, it's just uh, it's the fucking pain. It's just uh, it's it was one of them gigs where you're like, oh, fuck me. Driving home in the car. I was just like, oh, fuck, you know. Don't deserve the radio, man. Not after that shit. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle. The new stuff didn't go that well. It started badly. It tapered off. I fucking went off on little tangents. Tried to get it back by fucking doing a bit of crowd work. But the crowd didn't want to be work, baby. And, um, yeah, it fucking... Uh, I managed to get it back at the end a bit. And... Um, getting applause break for something I said, but fuck me. Um, yeah, even thinking about it now, I'm just thinking, oh, fuck, man. The worst thing about anything like that is you're chatting with the acts before you go on and you're having a bit of a laugh with them. You go on, you fucking die on your hole, and then you've got to fucking go back in the green room where you were funny earlier, just chatting about shit. And, ah, uh, oh, there's nothing that can compete no sort of soul destroying um thing that can compete with seeing the vacant look 
on uh, another axe eyes as you uh, walk back into the green room after dying on your ass. There is nothing, uh, nothing uh, worse than that. It's uh, and they can't say anything, and you know they can't say anything if they say, "Ah, oh, it weren't too bad," or "Hey, man, I really like that little bit that you you like." Ah, you don't need to say anything. There ought to be, you know. Just an unwritten rule within the comedy community that you don't have to say anything uh, to another act. You just go, shit. That's it. That's it. Just shit. And then uh, and then fucking move on with your life. Scurry out of there with your tail between your legs and think about it for the next fucking however long it takes for you to process that fucking pain of having one of them gigs. Uh, it's a beautiful club as well. It's a really nice club. Uh, really well run. They're running a few more clubs and shit. Uh, I think they've got one in Preston and one somewhere else that escapes me at the minute. Let's have a little bit of fucking juice. We're on the juice today, baby. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Preston and Derby. I think they've got another one in Derby. Um. The only place I know, uh, Ruffle Comedy Club, the only place I know that it's actually opening other clubs during the pandemic, uh, during this this fucking uh, COVID fucking shit. Um, I don't know. I'm just blaming it on a blip, not being prepared, uh, having too much faith in the new stuff without, you know, you get too excited. That's the worst thing about it. You get too fucking excited about trying new stuff. Uh, it working a couple of times. That's the way it always goes. It seems to work all right a couple of times. Then the third or fourth time, it won't go. Then you go back, you reassess, you rewrite it, you try doing it in a different way, and then it'll work again until it gets to the stage where you fucking... Your head's fucking done with it. You can't be asked anymore, like, to repeat the same fucking words or put it in a new word order. Or You've got it as polished and as good as it can be, and then it inevitably becomes redundant because you want to move on to something else. There we go. <laughs> in many ways, it's like every single fucking relationship in my life. Just when it fucking, you know... Just when it gets polished, you get to know somebody, it becomes redundant, and then you fucking move on. I don't know, man. Uh, anyway, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was a fucking painful one last night. I ain't, I ain't gonna, uh, I ain't gonna, you know, try and polish that fucking turd of a performance that I put in. Um, uh, it's very weird doing a club like that that's usually really, really busy and um, seeing people sort of like socially distanced. Not that that had any effect on, you know, there was enough people in there to work the crowd. Um, uh, people a little bit touchy about talking about the COVID-19 thing, but, you know, I'm a big believer when it comes to comedy. That's what we're meant to do, people. Talk about the things that nobody really wants to talk about and make it funny, although I did that, but it was just the... <laughs> it was just the last bit. The making it funny bit. You know, I ticked the first couple of boxes of talk about things that nobody really wants to talk about, address the issue in hand. It's just that last third of making it funny. But we can do that, people. We can do that. But yeah, it's uh, 
after sort of like, I don't know, the last time I had a gig like that, it must be about a year um, since that, um, since that feeling. And you, it's a very odd feeling on stage when you just, I don't know, you just, you see people looking at you with an expectant face, looking up at you and that as if they, you know, they want you to do well. And they want you to be funny because it's going to take them out of all the, this fucking shit that's going on at the minute. They've saved up the pennies in the week and that and looking at you expectantly. And you see that look in their eyes, looking up at you on stage. It's kind of confusion, befuddlement. They can't quite work out what point you're trying to make. You're not explaining it right. And then it's sort of, and then you see it in their eyes where it turns from confusion, misunderstanding. They're not quite, don't really know where to laugh at or anything like that, or whether you're joking or whether you're not joking, to fucking sternness. <laughs> it goes from confusion to just a stern stare. And a fucking, the, the wrinkles in the nose start coming up. The Brown lines start kicking in the old face there. And then you're like, ah, oh, fuck, man. And uh, sometimes you just got to admit, you know, I think last night I was like, all right. Okay. I know this isn't going well. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck me. Jesus. Uh, it's just that whole, you know how to do something so well and you don't do it so well. I don't know uh, how to explain it if you've never done stand-up, but I would thoroughly recommend any to anybody who thinks their ego is getting too carried away for them, with them or they think they're a confident person, I, uh, I uh, would thoroughly recommend be, having your um, swapping souls with a stand-up comedian who's dying on his ass on stage. That will give you a fucking reality check like you have never got in your life. Anybody telling you that you're a fucking asshole, that you're a dickhead, your fucking wife telling you to fuck off, you know, any relationship breakdown is a fucking pinch of salt next to having about 50 or 60 people just not understanding the points you're trying to make when you think it's funny. When you go on there with the confidence of thinking it's funny and then you just look at a bemused crowd of people, socially distanced, obviously, um, a bemused crowd of people, uh, uh, that gives you a bit of fucking self-awareness. <laughs> And a little bit of fucking grit to get back into it as well and think, all right, okay. You've tripped up there, sunshine. You know, it has been six months off. You know, it's been six months off. You've done two gigs back. Things are getting, you know, the train tracks are slowly being put out in front of you again. It's time you got up to speed a little bit, started working a little bit harder. Go into more new material nights, you fucking lemon. Rather than staying at home thinking, hey, man, that's funny stuff there. I'll just memorize that shit and, you know, not even think about how I'm going to perform it. 
that's the whole thing with it, really. And it? it's the uh, uh, there's so many different aspects to stand up, like performing it, fucking, you know, writing the material, getting the material right, your persona, your fucking worldview that aligns with that material, how you're going to present it, how you're going to fucking interact, how you're going to relax the audience, how you're going to build up, pick up speed with bits, how you're going to slack off a little bit, you know, tone it down a little bit and then go for something. It's all of that shit. And, uh, and, uh, that is, uh, <laughs> that fucking spinning plates act of doing that is uh is something that i did not achieve last night let's put it that way um but uh yeah so i i fucking salute uh the people who run that club and anyone who was there last night thank you for not fucking pelting me with shit um as i say we did get it back a little bit at the end but it was a hollow hollow fucking victory uh and i came off stage and they applauded off stage and i I felt like going back to the mic and saying, you don't need to do that. I know, you know, I know kind of where it went wrong. I know what I did wrong. I was too relaxed, too fucking chilled out, you know, just ambled on stage and shit like that. Not that I usually, you know, fucking run on stage like a fucking contestant on the old prices, right? High-fiving people and shit like that all the way down. Not really one of them, but um, you try and walk on stage with a little bit of purpose. Um, <coughs> he says, coughing his fucking lungs up. Um, but yeah, um, let's let's put that down to experience, shall we? <laughs> Fuck. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, let's have a little bit more juice. Well, I say it's juice. It's that Barocca shit. And I think you're meant to neck it in one. But um, uh, I don't know. Does Barocca count as juice? I don't know. It's water and fucking uh, fruity shit in there. It's got to be juice. Surely it's got to be juice, baby. Um, yeah, so um, uh, that was my evening. I hope, your <laughs> I hope your Saturday night went better than fucking mine did. A two-hour journey on the way home. I could have just been fucking... Uh, I could have just been driving along, just ah, just fucking screaming the whole two hours. Get out of my head. Images of people just looking bemused in front of me. Every fucking headlight flash on the way home or something like that. I just saw somebody else's fucking face from the crowd just looking quizzical up at me. Ah, <laughs> oh, 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 it's brutal. Oh, man. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway. Anyway. It's the 11 o'clock rule, Ben. Let it go. It's 11 o'clock. That ain't going to go for a while. 11 o'clock uh, rule fucking uh, adherers, uh, as you are. people. Are, the 11 o'clock rule, I think I've mentioned it before, um, is whether you have a good gig or a bad gig, you forget about it at 11 a.m. the next day, which I find fucking bullshit. Um, just let it go, man. Hey, you know, no, I am going to process that pain. Possibly, uh, you know, I'm going to file this in the old fucking gut and push it fucking down there. 
and crush that fucking shitty bit of coal and that feeling into a fucking diamond that I imagine I'm going to shit out on stage at some point. That's the idea, isn't it? You take all of that pain, all of that hurt, fucking past relationships, fucking not talking to people in your fucking family, shitty nights on stage, and you crush all of that fucking dusty black fucking shit in your gut until it's under so much pressure. You use that to propel yourself to shit in a fucking diamond on stage one night. There we go. There's a fucking metaphor to get us fucking... I feel like I ought to be doing a fucking Rocky montage right now. Like that, you know. After he first goes fucking training against Apollo Creed in Rocky 1 and he's just giving up the fags and he's fucking out of breath and comes back and then he does, he chases a couple of chickens round. Last night was essentially me chasing a fucking chicken round the stage like Rocky the first time he does it where he hasn't got a chance of catching it. Every time he goes to fucking catch it, it fucking just flaps away from him. Um, I don't know, man. 17 minutes on last night's gig. Um. <laughs> oh, man. Are you sure you're happy with uh, this episode, Ben? Are you sure this isn't just therapy? Who fucking knows? It's therapy at this stage. Uh, right, okay. Uh, let's have a little bit more juice. I'm sure you meant to drink that all in one. I'm not sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you meant to. Uh, anyway, um, uh, what has been going on? Uh, well, uh, landmine, uh, talking about fucking stepping on a landmine from last night, he says crowbarring in um, some sort of, uh, some sort of uh, fucking uh, link. Uh, trying to crowbar in some sort of link anyway. Um, it's uh, uh, landmine rat. Here we go. Uh, landmine rat. Here we go. This is some uh, MAGA, MAGAWA, the landmine detection rat, has been given a fucking award. Here we go. He's a fucking hero. A little rat. Surely with this, do you think it's the same rat? Do you think he's actually detecting landmines or just stepping on them and they're just using a different rat and just saying, ah, yeah, it's fucking great. Why is there rats guts splattered all over this field? Ah, well, you know, like there's a lot of other rats that you just, uh, that's the ultimate landmine thing, isn't it? Just fucking release loads of rats into a field. If any of them end up in the air, that's uh, underneath where it was running was a landmine, surely. Giant African poached rat has cleared more than 141,000 square meters of land, the equivalent of 20 football pitches. It's not that much, really, is it? Uh, a landmine detection rat has been awarded a gold medal for his life-saving bravery and devotions to duty. I'd just like to thank my mum and dad, my uh, uh, 2,000 brothers and sisters, and uh, a landmine... Uh, Magawa, a giant African poached rat, uh, as uh, poached, uh, fucking, has uh, discovered 39 landmines and 28 items of uh, unexploded ordnance in Cambodia since he uh, was trained by. Ch- they're gonna, 
if they're hoping to clear the whole of Cambodia, they're going to need a lot more fucking rats. Uh, he was trained by Charity Apopo. Uh, he's the charity's most successful hero rat, having cleared more than uh, 140,000. Uh, he's uh, 141,000 meters. We've said that. Magawa has been formally recognized for his work and been presented with a miniature PDSA gold medal. Here we go. Rats are getting gold medals now. He's actually wearing it. The animal equivalent of the George Cross. He's the first rat in the, you know, I'm not sure he's aware of that. I, You know, this has got to be just a marketing thing, surely, isn't it? You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really that sure. I want to know how he fucking finds them, especially for our animal trade. But it's also big for the people in Cambodia, apparently. I bet they're fucking raving about it. Their size means they're less danger when they walk through the landmine. The rats are trying to detect a chemical compound. Here we go. This is how they do it. Within explosives and require a year of training before they are certified. They work for around, for around half an hour a day. Ah, oh, that's a fucking dream job. In the early morning as well. They work for half an hour a day in the early morning. That's great. You got... You, You've got 23 and a half hours to rat around for the rest of the day. Get your fucking freak on with the old lady rats. Once they detect a landmine, they scratch the top, which alerts their human handlers. Uh, Magara is now nearing retirement age and can search the area of a tennis court in 30 minutes. That's not that. That's Tennis court's not that big. Something that would take a human with a metal detector up to four days. Fucking hell, that's... Jesus. How lazy are those people who are doing it? Are they only working for half an hour with a fucking metal detector? Surely it's best just to fucking fire tennis balls at that area. I mean, if they're, they're detected by fucking things hitting the top of them. Cambodia is the highest number of mine amputees per capita in the world. More than 40,000 people. Jesus. Um, well, he's done a great job. Uh, he is the first rat in the charity's 77-year history to receive such an award. They've been doing this 77 years, have they? Or is he the first fucking rat to be trained up? He looks fucking smug with himself with that medal on. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> oh, dear. He looks... a. Fucking smug little rat just sitting there with his fucking medal round his neck. Yeah, I did that. I stopped people's legs and arms being blown off. Legs mainly, isn't it, I suppose. Not unless people not unless there's some sort of circus troop going through Cambodia at some point. Uh, I don't know. Uh let's have a little bit let's have the last of this juice. So good old Magawa, a giant African rat. Uh, he's got a fucking little rap thing round his head. Uh, little rap medal. Good on him. That's what I say. Um, in the news over here, um, there's been fucking oh, horrible shit going on in London. Not just the anti-lockdown protests in London. There was the fucking, I don't know, uh, in Croydon, uh, we had uh, fucking, I've got a lump under my arm. I don't know what that's about. Um I, uh, in the Croydon, uh, there was a fucking copper, um, that was killed, uh, yesterday. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Uh, shot by a geezer in fucking, uh, the guy, uh, guy was arrested. 
taken into custody, taken into a police station. He was fucking handcuffed and then he shot a police officer. Um, so that's been all over the fucking news in the UK. Um, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how every time I've been sh stopped by the police or something like that. You know, if you're handcuffing somebody, surely, surely you're going to check for weapons or any sharp objects or anything like that. I mean, I've only been... I've been arrested twice for drink driving. I know. I know. It was a long time ago, people. I was a very different person then. Um, not more, so, not as socially aware and socially responsible as I am today. I know. I know. We all make fucking mistakes, don't we? We all fucking make mistakes. You know. Don't write any letters in. Please. Please, God damn it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's all a bit like fucking... Because it's one of those things that doesn't happen over here. If there's American listeners listening or anywhere where it's like fucking where you've got um, uh, legalized gun ownership, um, we don't have fucking guns over here. And um, to get hold of a gun over here, I imagine is, you know, I've never tried it. I've never needed to. I quite like the fact that our society doesn't have guns in it. Well, you can go shooting and shit like that, but you need a fucking license. I think you need a sportsman's license as well if you want to do a bit of clay pigeon shooting or you want to fucking uh, shoot a couple of rats or Canada geese. I don't know what we've got against the old Canada geese, but you can fucking shoot the heads off them apparently. Uh, so I've been told um, recently, uh, yeah, because they're seen as vermin because they're not indigenous to this country. So they're fucking, I don't know how, you know. They're there flying the Canada flag or something like that, just dive-bombing fucking golf courses. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's quite a light, like, within this... It, the thing I like about this country and the reason why I usually... I feel quite safe. There's not many places um, that I go in this country where I don't really feel that safe. Uh, even walking around at night, even places like London... And um, big cities like London, Manchester, Birmingham, I still feel quite safe in amongst those. I know there's a criminal element um, to society that have guns and shit like that, but they kind of sort of like keep them, well, not keep themselves to themselves, but it's in amongst that fucking whole drug fucking whatever, you know, um thing like every this is talking from uh from me even though somebody has been shot fifth dead 50 meters from my house like last year or the year before or where, wherever it was i still feel very safe that was a very that was a drug related fucking drug on drug sort of like some sort of crime somebody owed somebody money for drugs i think it was only like 30 quid which is about fucking 50 us dollars probably something like that and they took somebody's life for it. But, yeah, this is genuinely, like, a shocking thing that ha happens in the UK, particularly because he was handcuffed as well. And usually they handcuff you behind your back. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know what to say, man. With, uh, I don't know, it's, it's early days looking at fucking, you know, what's gone on with it. But it's... Uh, I, 
I don't know. Obviously, I bet the fucking police officer who didn't fucking search him or didn't find the gun when he searched him, it feels fucking awful. Um, but yeah, somebody's been shot, uh, police officer's been shot dead, which is always, I don't know. Our, um, we seem to have a very different relationship with the police than, uh, than, uh, than the Americans do. Um, we've, we've still got in this country, I think, a certain amount of respect for the police because probably brought about, I don't know if, you know, like, I'm not saying I walk around, hey, it's a police officer fucking... You know, there's there's corrupt police in everything. There's good police in everything. I imagine there's good police in the States. But um, it's the old, uh, as they say, about a few bad apples or whatever, but there's certain jobs where you can't have a few bad apples, isn't it? Um, but I think, um, you know, we're like our police over here don't fucking... I know there's been instances of people fucking police tasering people, them having heart attacks or them fucking, you know give them a chokehold and shit like that and and people dying and shit or, 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 you know, like people being beaten up by the police. But there isn't, it doesn't seem to be the same level of fucking animosity towards the police as there is in the States, generally speaking. So when a cop is killed like that, or uh, it's, it's genuinely sort of like quite shocking. Maybe it's because we've still got like the old, class system over here where you still have those authority figures that you try to fucking respect i don't know it get the older you get as a um as a as a human being and you see police officers get younger <laughs> that's it isn't it obviously that makes sense everybody gets younger the older you get but you know like you see police officers who are like fucking 20 years old or something and you think, oh, you're just, you're just a fucking kid, man, you know? And they're, they're doing, you know, many times doing a fucking horrible, horrible fucking job um, and see the worst side of society in many ways. Um, not that I'm saying, like, you know, all police are great and all that sort of shit, but fuck me, I wouldn't want to do that job, that's for sure. Uh, or get shot, for it, um, or get shot at all, really, so, um, anyway, what are we on, 30 minutes, people, we've rambled on a little bit there, but it's difficult to talk about fucking, you know, a fucking horrendous thing that's in the news, uh, along down with the anti-lockdown protests that have been going on in London as well, where, no, I'm not wearing a mask, all that shit, innit, you know, sometimes you just gotta, sometimes you just gotta go with shit, ain't ya, you know, the lo- anti-lockdown protests seem to go from coronavirus is people who think coronavirus is completely made up to people who don't want to fucking and there's a massive conspiracy theory behind it that they just want to control us and shit like that to people who just don't want to put a bit of cloth over their face. There's a fucking <laughs> there's a fucking wide range of people on those marches with uh, very, very, very different intentions. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, But, you know, it's their right to protest. Get out there on the streets. You know, stop putting cloth in front of... Making me put cloth in front of my fucking nose and mouth to 
They're all trying to control us, man. The next thing is fucking shit they're going to put in our brains and control our thoughts. They're going to try and control my winky. Um, anyway, that is episode 146 of the Ben Briggs podcast. If you want to email me about anything, it is just uh, podcast at benbriggs.co.uk. I will be back on Tuesday, motherfuckers. Uh, have a good rest of your fucking Sunday. And uh, I'll speak to you then. Take care.